keep the Tesseract on Earth. Hidden. You sure that's what Marvel would want? Marvel. That's what I said. It's two words. Marvel. Marvel. Marvel sounds a lot better. You know, like the Marvelettes. Wait. Oh, yes. Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Wait, Mr. Postman. Not ringing any bells? Keep singing. Maybe it'll come back to me. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. I just looked, and the Marvels, which, as we all know, the upcoming sequel to Captain Marvel, that was supposed to come out in September, before everything got fucked up in the Marvel slate, and I am upset. With, um... Who's directing it? Nia, Nia DaCosta. I just listened to a podcast with her. That podcast, of course, being Films to be Buried With, uh, with Brett Goldstein, who we love over here on the pod. And if you haven't listened to our Super Bob slash Superhero Films to be Buried With episode that we did a couple months ago, go check that out. It's a great time. You'll learn a lot about our superhero movie taste. A lot. <laughs> a lot. We, we dive deep. But uh, yeah, so we are talking about the first Captain Marvel this week. This is, we're almost coming to a full circle on our MCU watch through, which is absolutely wild. What uh, about Endgame? Well, that's how is gonna it going to end? Cap it all off. We don't know. We don't know. I've mentally put myself, I've hypnotized myself, and I've placed myself back in spring of 2019 where I'm feverishly watching the Avengers Endgame trailer and trailer reactions ad nauseum, just trying to glean whatever information I can. And the post-cred of this. Yeah, man. I mean, to be clear, I enjoy this movie, but the most hype I got came from that post-credit scene. I just have to be honest with you. You got Cap with the beard again. You got the other Avengers hanging out, and it's just like, okay... This is what we've been waiting a year to get back to. Well, then he still has the beard. He still has the beard. Yes. From Infinity War, right? Yeah. Um, So this was 2019, and this movie starts out with a Stan Lee tribute as the Marvel logo. Yeah, which is, like, really nice. And it's, like, almost, like, obviously they did it for this movie because he had just recently passed away. I think it was, like, within a couple months of Captain Marvel premiering and it's, I almost, you know, it's too bad that it wasn't Endgame, you know? <laughs> he did which film is to his say, little... You know, he did, which is, but, like, you know, even Kevin Feige did a Reddit AMA app and uh, said that Stanley didn't get to see the final cut of Endgame. Because oh. he, well, I think they, had like, offered, like, here, like, we have, like, our our in-house cut ready, but he always liked to wait to go see it, like, in At theaters the premiere, in the premiere, yeah. so. Damn. But still, like... It, it's really sweet. He knows how it ends. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just think it's really... Every time I see, like, one of his cameos, and especially this, like, I just... Like, it's so cool to see, like, stuff that you, like, helped create, like, decades prior, like, become, like, this phenomenon. I mean, he has a little bit of a questionable past with, quote-unquote, creating all of these, but... Yeah, I'm that's sure... That's not for this podcast. No. I can't, I don't even understand, like, the nitty-gritty of 
the the billion other people that were there. Don't the, ask Jack Kirby. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to um, erase anybody else's contributions to Marvel because there were a lot of hands on deck. So, um, also at the top of my notes, I just have written out Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> Love. What him. else is there to say? There's not. I mean, there's a lot, but like, I think it speaks for himself. Honestly, like... If you don't know. Now you know. No. I know. Uh, he plays um, Talos, who is one of the scrolls, and he not he gets the opportunity to not only play uh, the, the scroll, Talos, but he also gets the opportunity to play Talos in his... <laughs> ben Mendelsohn's Looking actual... Like ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> yeah, which I just think is so fun. It's almost double casting. Um, he is a fantastic addition to not only the cast of this movie, but just to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Speaking of the Marvels, I'm really excited for him to come back. I'm assuming he's going to be in that. And I maybe think so. Space Invaders? Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. <laughs> yeah, Space Invaders. From space. space. Right? Right? Yes. <laughs> Are they? Isn't that scrolls? Yeah, yeah, it is. Secret invasion from space. (laughs) That's the colon from space. Oh yeah, he's definitely gonna be in Secret Invasion, and space invaders. He's also gonna be in. That's in Phase Seven, Um, and then I yeah I would be willing to bet he'll be back for the Marvels. Honestly, like, I think about it. I haven't seen Ben Mendelsohn in that many things. I mean, he was fantastic in this. He was fantastic in Star Wars Rogue One. Um, but my, my knowledge of his acting doesn't go so far. I mean, I didn't even recognize him when you were like, that's actually Ben Mendelsohn, because I don't think his face matches his voice. It absolutely does not. Especially Talos is, like, kind of got this, like, little rocker energy going. Like, one of his outfits is, like... I'm, like... I I think I have a note when we get to it. I know we just jumped in by just talking about Ben Mendelsohn, but when they go to uh, Maria's house, he's, like, wearing this, like, very 90s, like, punk outfit. And I'm, like... Did you, is that someone's identity or is that like what you chose to wear in this world? He took one look at 90s fashion and was like, I'm fucking in. It's also very like British punk, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, which I, is definitely funny. I don't know. It was just like a great, it was a great look for him. Oh, I just had to go back and be like, I was just saying, I don't know him from that much stuff, which is mostly true. Um, he actually was in that HBO show, The Outsider, which I wanted to watch. But uh, he was in a previous movie that we've done for the pod a while ago. We probably talked about it. Uh, he was in The Dark Knight Rises in a pretty small uh, part. Oh, he's like a board member or something? He's, yeah, he's the one that's like working with Bane. And I have like, oh, the yeah. scene that I remember is him just being like... But he's not using his New Zealand... Is he from New Zealand? Uh, he is Australian. He's okay. not... Yeah, he's not it doing his Australian much. accent. We're not doing it. He's, he's doing an American accent. Um, but he's not really in it that much to my memory, but like the scenes that he is in, like I remember a lot because he has the like, exchange with Bane where he comes in all hot and he's like, what the hell is going on? And he has like the, I'm in charge here. And Bane puts his hand on his shoulder. He's like, 
Mm, do you feel in charge? Yeah. He's that a little my, shit. Not my best that. Bane, but yeah, so he is he's great. And Talos is like one of those characters that I did really enjoy when we saw this movie, and then I wasn't sure like when the next time we would revisit this plot line was. So it definitely wasn't Spider-Man Far From Home. Well. That was not the next time I expected to see him. I can't speak about that movie. I've said my piece on it. Not in any other regard, just for the fact that Talos is But even is that, I was mad about. I know. I was mad about everything. Okay. We can't do this again. We, we can't have a two and a half hour long episode. This movie starts with a dream slash memory. That's my first note, other than Stanley Tribute. It does. Any thoughts on that? Well, Griff? that's funny that it starts with a dream slash memory because my memory of this movie was very fuzzy. Yeah, I didn't. I, that's what I think why I wrote that because I didn't remember it starting that way. Yeah, which I'm not like I'm not here to rag on Captain Marvel, but this is not like one of the most like piece by piece memorable Marvel movies for me. Like I re- I remember like the overarching story, like what happens with uh, like how Carol ended up where she ended up and like all the stuff with the Kree and the scrolls, but like the plot minutia really doesn't stick. So I was like, Oh, okay. I'm kind of back on board for like figuring out like who's who and the motivations of everybody here. Yeah. Yeah. There was a little bit of a, how does this all get pieced together? And like the beginning part on with their mission on hollow, I was like trying to remember, I knew that like Jude law was a bad boy and that, those scrolls were really good, but I couldn't remember how it all like shook out kind of, which was fine. I I enjoyed rewatching it for that. Um, I really like this movie and I feel like it kind of gets the feminine snub. It absolutely does. (laughs) And fortunately not with the money that it made. Yeah. Which I think proved a lot of people wrong that I wanted to be proved wrong, but still like I found it really enjoyable. I mean, Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson have really good chemistry. Like, they've done multiple movies together um, outside of Marvel. Um, So, I don't know. I just, I really liked it. But I definitely have some criticisms of it. Um, But I just want to say up front that I really do enjoy this movie. Yeah, so do I. This is a good rewatch. This is a good time. And I will not stand for the slander. But I do. (laughs) I can can nitpick a little bit, too. Well, I want to say first... So we have like this memory, this dream sequence, which is we start to get um, bits and pieces of who Carol is, theirs at the time, um, and you know how she ended up with the Cree. I also she's thought that was kind of clever. The Vares, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Vares, the dog tag and stuff. Um, coming from my perspective, when I saw this, I think I was I had watched all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that had been released at the point that Captain Marvel came out, which was almost the whole series, I think. Um, and that's a show that deals a lot with, like, the Kree. They, the whole thing really? in the show is, like, Coulson is, like, revived through, like, this experiment that involved, like, a Kree corpse that, like, landed on Earth somehow, and they, like, drew blood from it and, like, all this stuff. Do you think it was the Kree that was from this? Well, we don't know. And... It was just really interesting because you had, like, mention of the Kree, and eventually some Kree did show up on the show, but, you know, it's, like, it's the it's a Agents different of S.H.I.E.L.D. Version. budget, and, it yeah, the story that they're telling, you know, they're not... The communication wasn't there. It wasn't, you know, lined up to, to be teasing anything in Captain Marvel or otherwise. But, um... So we never got to see, like, what the Kree were really all about. 
we were seeing it very much from like Shield's perspective. So starting off with this, and we go to we go right to Hala, like the the heart of Cree civilization, and I thought that was really cool. I w- oh, Cree, not not scrolls, not scrolls. Yeah, yeah, the Cree, and all the Cree that we see on Agents of Shield are blue, like Minerva is. Which I always thought all the Cree were blue. They're not. Uh, and Jude Law is just like a normal looking guy. So Veers really isn't that out of place there. Um, I thought seeing Hala was really cool. I wish we had spent more time there. That was my note too. I also wish we had spent more time there or gone back there at some point during the movie more. Um, it's just like a cool city. It's very Star Wars-y. Yeah. It's just like, it's like how in Black Panther, you don't, we're in Wakanda, but we're not really in Wakanda. Like, because it gets really expensive really fast, I think. So, like, the only scenes that we get on Hala are, like, inside rooms and, like, on a train. Yeah. But, like, we see, like, this but vast... But even the train scene. Yeah. And it's cool. Like, this vast advanced civilization, which is at this level in 1995, our time. Um, just, like, really fascinating. Uh, and, of course, like, they wanted to shoot, like, do stuff on Earth because that's the story that they wanted to tell and... Wanted to have fun with, like, the 90s setting and all that. But, yeah, maybe, like, going back to it at some point would have been really cool. Like, give me a reason for, like, for Fury and all them to, like, end up on Hala and, like, attack the supreme intelligence or something. Yeah, like, instead of having this, like, um, access. Yeah. Like, space station. Right. Go back to Hala or something. I don't know. But, you know, it's like they wanted to tell, I think, a relatively, like, smaller-scale story that was focused on the, the conflict between Carol and Jan Rog, Jude Law. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, that name is But, like, they can't, they couldn't do it, like, galaxy-spanning, so... But I'm hoping that the Marvels will rectify that a little bit. I mean, like, obviously some of the story will have to take place in Jersey City, but I'm going to be disappointed if it's not, like... Some space hopping. If Guardians can do it, we can have another movie do it, too. Um, I want to just spend more time in these other civilizations, flesh it out, you know? Um, Jude Law is so threatened by her powers. He really is. It's, like, pathetic, actually. Yeah. He's like, oh, you can't, like, fight me without your powers? It's because he doesn't have any. Right. He's a loser. Like, just let... I don't understand. You've recruited someone that's, like, ultra-powerful for your, like, crack special ops team, and you're, like, not going to let her do her thing. Like, they do on the missions. Yeah. And I so, mean, it is one thing if she's, like, trying to learn how to fight right. and, like, trying to fight without it, but, like, they're part of her. Like, it's going to be part of it. Like, you're just sad you got beat. You can't. You can't suppress that. You can't. We find out that that's a bad idea. And we also see, like, the first mention of the scrolls is, like, a sign on Hala that's, like, saying the number of days since the last scroll attack. So it, like, kind of sets the scene. And that they're the bad guys. Right. And I love, like, the the characterization of the scrolls was so fantastic and, like, unexpected. Um, that's, like, really one of the bright spots of this for me. And clearly we're going to, like, see that flipped on its head a little bit in Secret Invasion because 
we're going to get the not-so-nice scrolls. Because, like, canonically, they are usually, like, not on our side. Yes. Well, they're sneaky. They're very sneaky. It's just like their their powers inherently make them like a, Devious, a liability. Yeah. Um, so the way that they they flipped it on its head for this, and at least Talos's like family and crew is really interesting. Uh, we also have pretty early on the supreme intelligence introduced to us as a character slash plot device. Thoughts on that? Felt very Green Lantern. Extremely Green Lantern. Yeah, I didn't even really think about that. I didn't think about it until just now. But, I mean, I don't... You know what it also reminded me of? We've been watching this uh, British show called Avenue 5. And one of the things in that... It's, like, set in the future. And there's, like, a president. But then there's also the other president who is just, like, AI. And, like, that's basically what this is. It's just, like, an AI, like, force of nature. And it's, like... Even, like, now in our technology world, like, AI is really corrupt and bad. Like, it's also, AI is stupid. It's not neutral. (laughs) Like, it's not a good thing. Like, someone created it, and that's who's, like, who it really is, basically. Why didn't your civilization be, like, run by an AI is pretty batshit. Yeah. This also... I wonder if that's going to come back more. Doesn't feel like it. Like, it, it... I mean... It feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah, that's that's kind of like what I walked away from um, with regards to that that part of the plot. I was like, I feel like there could have been more done here. And yet again, something that we often do, or at least I often do on this podcast, making comparisons to the Guardians of the Galaxy video game <laughs> in which the Supreme Intelligence is present oh, because really? they're trying to get... Um, the the Kree to like help basically prevent the destruction of the galaxy. Oh right, and they're like running their calculations. I didn't realize and that's it, yes, the same the, thing. Of course, like it's represented as like a giant like computer computer like with a face and stuff. But like, yeah, basically just trying to present reasons why they should help the galaxy and have it be computed in a way that it's like oh well. Unless this is helpful to the Cree, we're not going to do it. Even uh, if the whole world... Right. Is. And, yeah, because, like, you know, it's like putting lives on the line and stuff, which is a really interesting way to do it. They just never really integrated um, the the Supreme Intelligence into the plot any more than being like, oh, she sees Annette Benning. And the deleted I did scene, like that. I like that it's somebody that... It, it's a secret and it's someone that you trust kind of it's a very manipulative thing and yeah i like during the movie i was like i swear i know that jude law sees himself <laughs> and then we saw the whole movie and i was like why did i make that up in my head like i know that jude law sees himself and then there is like a deleted scene of that which i was like that's so fitting and it's so funny to me that that's who he sees they should not have deleted that scene yeah. Like No, and it was short. It's two minutes long. Let it flush the villain out a little bit. That's the last thing we need in a Marvel movie is cutting out any villain characterization. I mentioned uh, Minerva earlier, and she shows up pretty early because she's part of the, the team uh, Star Force. I don't know. Is that Some what it's called? Silly. Dumb name. Silly. Uh, but the colors of the costumes are cool. You know, I like green. green. Um so Minerva, the actress that plays her, uh, Gemma Chan, she's a recast. She 
first appeared in this movie, colored blue, pretty unrecognizable from her next appearance, which was in Eternals, where she was playing uh, Cersei. Very different character, too. She was Cersei in Eternals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, extremely different. Like, if you didn't know, plus, like, Minerva's barely a character in this movie. She, like, sasses Carol a couple times and then dies. So not exactly, like, a a big part. And um, Jesus Christ, I can never pronounce his name. Hansu, I can't pronounce his first name, who plays... um. The guy that threatens Star-Lord at the beginning of the first Guardians movie. Oh, yeah. Whose name I can't remember. We have, like, they're peppered in there, and then, like, we also see Ronan for about 30 seconds. When he comes back later. Yeah. It's almost one of the things that I'm like, why? Why did you bring him back? Like, unless they were just like, oh, yeah, he's Kree. He just had no bearing on the movie at all. It almost makes me, like, wish he wasn't in it, because Lee Pace is, like, a really good actor, He's the guy that played Roman. I was wondering if it was the same actor because he seemed different. I think it was. I think he was just playing him a little differently and the makeup was different. But I was like, we couldn't just find something for him to do. And now they're in a really tough spot because you can't make any more Captain Marvel movies set in the gap because no one's going to give a shit. <laughs> He's already dead. <laughs> We're not going to see him again. Well, he was already dead by this point. Well, that's true. Well, wait, what do you mean this point? Like Ronan? Well, the whole movie takes place in 1995, so, like, I'm saying if they, they had that line where they're like, oh, we'll come back to get the weapon, and they're like, oh, that, and they're like, no, like, the woman. But I'm like, that has no, it doesn't matter, because, like, the next time we see Ronan, timeline-wise, he gets killed. Right. And they're not going to set another Captain Marvel movie between 1995 and 2014, because why would you? They're moving her into, like, the modern Marvel timeline, so it's just kind of like a plot thread that got brought back just to wisp into the ether. I feel like it was just to tie in a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. Cause like, when are we going to like revisit Cree civilization again? I don't know. We don't know. Um, I went to their, like their mission that they embark on. What about you? Do we know anyone else that's Kree besides Ronan? Like, have we been introduced to Kree before, like in the Guardians or anything like that? Let me see. Because I don't know. Yeah. Um, let's see. That is a good question. Okay, so the Kree were first introduced in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then, um, yeah, the cinematic debut was Guardians of the Galaxy with Ronan and Korath. That was the other guy. Um, the one that's also in Guardians. Mm-hmm. He had a very funny line that was like very Drax. So it was like, I'm laughing on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hala briefly appears in Guardians 2 in that little montage where Ego's like goo is destroying a bunch of stuff that's happening on Hala. Or Hala. Missed that. And then. What's well, happening just, in a lot of places. Yeah. And then we, so not a ton, not a ton, just like little bits and pieces. They were mostly the Guardians characters. Um, and in the, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Kree were like, I mean, they are ultra advanced, like as we see here and otherwise, um, but they like created Inhumans. Like they're the reason why Inhumans exist on Earth, which is. Is that like what 
Ms. Marvel is. Well, it's what Ms. Marvel originally was. Now she's a mutant because we are not we are not carrying that plot thread forward because Agents of Shield is not really canon. <laughs> but don't tell people. <laughs> it's only the Agents canon of when it's submitted. convenient. Uh yeah. Like they time traveled like eight different times. <laughs> Thanos was never mentioned, so I think we've already moved on. Um, did you want to talk about their first mission? Yeah, I just have like a couple notes on that. I thought the CGI, especially, I think throughout the whole movie, but especially in this scene, it looks really good. Like, there's a part where they dive into the water. I was like, this looks really good. Yeah. And she has the cool, like, helmet that has her hair yeah. stuck up like a mohawk. Yeah. Um, I thought the planet, the planet that they were on was really ugly. Like, I don't know why they chose that. Just, like, visually. I was like, guys, it's brown and dusty. It, it was also very Star Wars. I was like, it feels like those people that, like... The scrap divers. The Jawas? No, not Jawas. I always do this. Maybe it is Jawas. I don't know what they're called. But yes. Um, uh, yeah, definitely kind of like ugly, but the, the CGI is good. Like her and hands the, and stuff look good. Yeah. And that first, uh, I had first Kree. First scroll was very sneaky. Yeah. The one who was like, oh no, like they're just locals. And I was like, oh, you you got me. Son of a bitch. And uh, right after that, she gets captured by the scrolls. And I thought, you know, they have her, like, basically in this machine where they can, like, read her mind, figure out, like, who she is and what her mission is. And well, stuff. they already, they're looking for her specifically. Yeah, well, because you have to get to the light speed engine. But I thought that was, like, just, like, a very clever way to, like, continue getting these, like, exposition bits yeah. and pieces. and have an in-universe or in-movie reason for why it's, like, all spliced up and unclear. Yeah, I was wondering if they were going to, in MCU, use this tool again, because, like, they kind of got around it with Loki, because everyone was like, oh, Loki did all this, like, work on himself, and now he's, like, re- retracted back to that version. But yeah, then but not. in this show, they, like, brought him <laughs> up to speed kind of with his own memories. So Ten that- years of character development in five minutes. So that, like, was a good workaround for that show. But I wonder for, like, other characters that might have memory stuff, if they would use this technology again. Um, It wouldn't work for this character, but the only other character I was thinking about was um, Gamora whenever they catch up to past Gamora, 2012 Gamora in the next Guardians. But obviously, like, that won't really work. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to handle that, but... Make a point. We will see. It's they get themselves into these pickles and they have to use clever means to get themselves out. Oh, also that the earlier fight, I feel like it's very video game moves. Yeah. Like the fight style was like kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And yet there's never been a a game with Captain Marvel as a playable character. What What a missed opportunity. Actually, that's not true. She might be in the new Midnight Suns, which I have not played. Well, um, not so much, like, her specifically, just the way they were fighting. It felt very mechanical. It's like, okay, now I'm going to do this move, now I'm going to do that move. I'm going to do a, t- a flip. The fight choreography yeah, is not, that's like... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, we just watched uh, the John Wick trilogy, and, you know, it's different. But that sets the bar so high for me for, like, fight choreography. It's not like you don't see someone that's, like, standing where they've been blocked waiting to get right. thrown over someone's back. Like, it's it's very organic, and it's, like, oh, there's a lot of momentum. And, yeah, they 
Marvel movies really hit and miss with their fight choreography. Well, whenever there's like a martial arts element to it, like obviously like Shang-Chi has like incredible fight choreography, but like Black Panther, I feel like had really good fight choreo. Captain America, like they, yeah, like Winter Soldier and stuff. Like That's really like close up fighting. So it is a lot of like punch, dodge, yeah. you know, press circle to dodge. Right. But go if between you, the legs. <laughs> yeah. Know. But it's, it's almost, it's easier to, to make that look like real fighting versus like, you know, they, they're doing like a lot of green screening and probably like painting like CG on these people like while they're going through their fight motions and stuff. So it's a lot of reasons why it would end up that way, I guess. I thought the ways that they were showing Carol like being her memories being controlled. Yeah. Were so cool. She like. You know, she's like in the jet, like, like during rewind. that dog fight, and yeah, she ejects, and they're like, "No, like bring her back," and it like, yeah, slams her back into the cockpit of the jet again, and she's like aware of it. That's so cool. That's a very strong machine. Dangerous. We're we're not gonna see that again. <laughs> I was just asking about that. <laughs> what? About if they would bring it back? And you, oh, oh <laughs> that's yeah. what he just was talking about. <laughs> so sorry. No, maybe we will. But it's 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 one of those things where it's gonna be like very. I mean, I don't actually think they will. I was just saying, like, I wonder they, what character they would need to do that for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, love the moment where Carol like gets growled at by a scroll and then proceeds to like do it back twice as loud, <laughs> just like screaming in his face, fighting the whole time with like these giant like chunks of metal stuck to her hands. What I want to know is, are they just going to let her be gay? Like, I was very self, very conscious of the fact that it was, like, the whole Maria situation. It was very, like, we're best friends that I are mean, raising this daughter together. And I'm like, why can't they just be partners? Like, why? They should have done that. They also... I mean, they left it open enough that they could just say that they were, like, later. Right. Like, like, literally, like, they were in a relationship, like, in this movie. They just, like, never kiss or anything like that. Right, which is, like, you know, kind of the the coward's move. Um, You know, for the same reason why I swear... Like, it's 2019. I don't know. I thought the plan was for... Uh, Valkyrie and Captain Marvel to be dating. And a lot of people thought they were going to, like, mention that at least in Thor, Love, and Thunder. And Taika Waititi was like, oh, this movie's going to be so gay. No. He lied. And that was supposed to be, like, a plot was, like, Valkyrie, like, they're like, oh, like, she's going to, like, find her her queen. Queen, yeah. And then that never happened. The only character that was gay was the one that Taika Waititi played. And, like, come on. Come on, man. When was that? This <laughs> um Korg was gay. Like that was at the end of the movie. Oh. Uh, he married Dwayne. Right. The right. Rock. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> um, but still, uh, that felt like backing down from what everybody wants. So if they don't I can't see them not doing that in the Marvels because like of where we're at. But also like they're gonna have to be addressing like the nature of Carol's relationship with right. her because Cause it's going to come out with Monica because Monica doesn't like Carol. So like, we're going to see like what happened and how she interprets that. 
And that could very much be like you were like a parent and you abandoned me. Right. Which is what happened. <laughs> Twice. It sounds like. So it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how that gets handled. They have a lot of juggling to do in that movie. Blockbuster is the first and best sign that this movie takes place in the 90s. I gotta yeah. say that. Like, such, it's such an easy move. And Radio move. Shack. And Radio Shack. Oh, Radio Shack. People don't have the same nostalgia for that, though. Oh, definitely not. But in a pinch, your dad takes you to Radio Shack. <laughs> Been there. I, I think I would have more uh, nostalgia for Circuit City. I don't know. I don't know who... Who remembers Circuit City, but... I mean, we didn't have one in my <laughs> town, but we did have a radio shack. Yeah, well. Uh, I did forget that we had Phil Coulson here among us. Well, I did know we had Phil Coulson, and I thought he was, like, in the whole movie. I was, like, very disappointed with how little he was in, because I remember him being here. Yeah. It was a waste. Like, cool to see him... But, like, did they run out of de-aging money? Because he looked more Uncanny Valley than Samuel L. Jackson did, which is, you know, I think that's just because they were like, well, Fury's in it, like, the entire time, so he has to look, like, perfect. But, yeah, I, you know, he was, like, very... He's a beloved character. He's a beloved character, and that was, like, his first time being on screen in seven years, and you gave him, like, three lines, and he's, like, very stoic, which makes sense, because he's, like... The new guy. He doesn't really loosen up until, like... Yeah, but... But still, damn it. I thought it was very disappointing, because I also remembered him more than he was actually in it. I know everyone wants some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters to show up in Secret Invasion, and I don't put any stock in that whatsoever, just because it's not going to happen. But if it does, like, come on. Everyone wants Daisy Johnson. I would take... Daisy, but I also want Coulson. And what just, about those two characters that they wrote off forever and ever? They were gone. <laughs> they fucked that up. That's um, Bobby and... Shit, what was his name? Hunter? I don't know. No. That sounds right. I think it's, it's, it's someone else's last name, but in any case, we'll see. The D.H. Samuel Jackson, though, looks pretty good. Yeah. It, like, it doesn't look... Like he did in the '90s, like like Samuel L. Jackson actually looked in the '90s. I, some people it have looks said like that. A like a younger Fury, though. Yes. So I think they did a, a good job with that, and it was definitely like a bold move to be like, we're going to spend the entire movie with someone who we've digitally de-aged. I mean, I didn't even think about it. No, at, after, all. at first I was like, oh yeah, they did this, but you know, like that technology, I feel like really like fluctuates because when they did it in the Mandalorian. It looked good, but it was still, like, a little uncanny. And then they did it again for the same character in The Book of Boba Fett, and it looked, like, really good. And they had, like, the face was more dynamic, and you could just... It it felt a bit more real. And then, like, even the one in Rogue One, that was cool, but it looked a little rough. (laughs) Yeah, and that was only, like, on the computer, right? Like, that person wasn't ever in person? No, they were. Oh. It was, um... Shit, what's his name? Tarkin or whatever? I don't know. He was in it, like, it was very brief. I think it was only one scene. Uh, And, you know, that was also, like, that was a little different. That wasn't de-aging. That was an actor who died. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe that's why. Um, 
I feel this was like I think my main criticism of the movie and about Carol in general. And I was trying to like think about it the whole movie. It's like they don't know if they want her to be like quippy and funny like Iron Man or if they want her to be like this super serious like takes everything super seriously because I feel like that's who we get in Endgame is this person like devoid of any humor and that's I don't like her in Endgame um in this like we get that like kind of sassy like has a few quips I mean does take her role seriously but like and you can kind of blame it on like the memory loss I guess but definitely Veer's well, no, but we started, I was going to say definitely Veers is serious, but, like, we actually Not. start with her being, like, bucking the system and stuff like that. Um, and I just wish they'd picked Elaine, and I, well, not not just picked Elaine. I think they should have picked the funny, quippy version, like. Yeah. I find, like, it's weird. I think I mentioned this in another episode, but the Marvel humor that, like, gets, like, a lot of people, like, rag on the MCU for I think that's in part because they started having every character act like Tony Stark. Like they're like, they're always witty. They always have something to say, like in a difficult or tense situation to like diffuse things like a little zinger. But I would argue that's also like kind of normal behavior. Sure. And also like, yeah, you have this criticism of, of Captain Marvel and uh, subsequently like Brie Larson's acting as Captain Marvel because some people do interpret her as, like, a blank slate. And she was intentionally that for Endgame because they shot Endgame before Captain Marvel and they allegedly didn't want to, like, step on the toes of, like, any characterization that the directors of this movie would want to do. But that, like, backfired because everybody came out of Endgame being like, why was she even here? She's just, like, a wet blanket. And I think so much of that was just, like... Well, first of all, it's, like, such an unfair assessment brie larson is a fantastic actor and oh I, definitely but i don't think this movie like really let her shine because they tried to box her in you know like a really weird way and it came off as inconsistent because she was written inconsistently um in yeah. my opinion and then, i didn't like whatever they were selling yeah and <laughs> then just the decision i get why this movie was released when it was kind of i mean much like black widow this would have been better off just being introduced early. Like it gave them the opportunity to do that infinity war stinger and have her come in to be like the ace in the sleeve for Endgame, kind of. Oh, well definitely for Endgame Cause she like turned the tides of the fight at the end of the movie. But I mean, it was a, a con- good delay tactic for them. They needed something right. not in Canon sure. or like not in the timeline. But as a consequence, you like sacrifice character of someone that is supposed to come in to save the day in your like grand finale and everyone's just kind of like one we just met her two right she's nothing there's nothing going on yeah i mean that was a mistake yeah they should have just picked a character yeah i don't know why they, they should have just collaborated the two teams uh, i don't know plus brie larson's there she's gonna be doing both yeah I agree. Something something went wrong there. There the the creative process took a stumble, which is too bad. 
We have a... Uh, and if it was different, it's like, well, it's also been like 25 years or however many years. So like right. it would have been fine if her personalities weren't exactly the same, but have a personality. Right, exactly. Um, I have a note here that we have a... Uh, we have a train fight scene. We do. Love a train and fight scene. It's, it's been a minute since we actually watched this movie. <laughs> uh, there's, been a, there's been a lot going on in the house. Uh, you could say that much like the, the Kree were uh, stomping down on the scroll presence in the galaxy, uh, we've been trying to stomp down on a mouse presence in our house, and it has been a distraction from the pod. We have not recorded. We watched this movie almost a week ago. Or a week ago entirely. At that time, uh, we had very rapidly watched a series of movies that had train fight scenes in them, uh, including Bullet Train and the first Mission Impossible movie. I think we talked about this on the last episode because there was a train. In the Wolverine. Yeah. There was that too. Green Lantern didn't. Oh, in The Incredibles 2. Yeah, it that just, was it. It just it was keeps Incredibles coming. Too. The train fights keep coming. Uh, and I'm here for it. I'm a big fan of the train fights. This one is pretty low key. It was also on like a light rail. Yeah. So slightly Not slower. Not going super fast, but they did go on top of the train because what else are you going to do on a train yeah, it's fight? It's got to be exciting. And one of them even touched one of the uh, <laughs> live wires, which I thought was pretty funny. Can I also just go on a tangent here? We were at Walmart Please. today. And we were looking through the DVDs. We actually ended up buying <laughs> two $5 DVDs. Great deal. Um, hey, I got one for three ninety. Yeah, Knives Out, right? Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, Bullet Train, which is out on streaming, presumably out on DVD. Didn't see it there. I saw it. Okay, Bullet Train was there. Also there was Bullet Train Down. I did see that, too. What the fuck is that, and why does it have a DVD release at Walmart? Where is it? it? Yeah, it was Walmart, not Target. Along with, like, other legit movies. I'm like, did someone order the wrong thing? Well, yeah, and they didn't have Bullet Train by that. It was, like, on its own, like, end cap. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell happened? Has anybody seen Bullet Train Down? Are they I'm connected? Curious. Are they a shared universe? Because they released it the as, like, a prequel. people want to know. No one was paying attention, but it was like, no, guys, they're, it's a two-parter. Anyway. <laughs> uh, she punched an old lady in the face. That was in the trailer. Which I think was just a great choice. It was funny, yeah. Um, C-53. Do you know what that is? C-53, that's Earth. Yeah. Why does Earth have 500 different names? Terra, C-53, Earth. Middle? middle Mid- Midgard. Midgard. Well, Why? you know, everyone's got their own interpretations. But you think, like, in a galaxy, like, where the Guardians live... Everyone must share the same name for planets. You would think, but like they call it Terra yeah. in Guardians, but Peter Quill calls it Earth. And then Thor calls it... Thor calls it Midgard. Well, that and that makes more sense to me. Because they're not like, really part connected of the, to the Guardians no. galaxy. And like Midgard is like part of the nine realms. Right. So, but still, yeah, it's got to be very confusing. Like wherever you go, there's no standard. There's no system. Well, there, there are a billion different systems. Solar systems. <laughs> a while ago, we were talking about Phil Coulson. We've gone on several tangents sure. since then. But he, I, I had this note. I was like, man, Phil just seems so happy to be included. So happy to be here, like, in the scene. And then I was like, oh, man, never mind. It's not him. It's a scroll. <laughs> not him. 
Because <laughs> I was like, he's just so like happy go lucky. <laughs> it was very funny. In fact, he was not. <laughs> yeah. Great film acting though. Yes. Good job. Good job, Clark Gregg. We love you on the pod. Um yeah, we just get like there's a lot going on here about like the the inner workings of Shield, and we hadn't met and this inner workings of Scrolls. Well, yes, which I have a question about the little old lady before you get into Shield. Oh yeah, what's that? Like, <laughs> are they uh, constricted by the body that they're in? So like this little old lady, like, are they going to be moving like this little old lady, or do they move? Like no, I think they in the health that they're in. I think they move in the health that they're in, which it's is why she was like spinning around. Oh, right, because they're just like looking like. Her. Yeah, but they're still like. Fully but they take able. on the DNA and stuff. Do they say that? Yes, because if you like did well, a cheek swab, it would show up as that person. Oh, yeah, well, scrolls go to I scroll. Just have some science questions. Yeah, no, I think they like physically. They're not. They're not hampered in any way by whoever they're imitating. It's just like it's looks only, but also that. I also I, I really liked the moment where like the the scroll on the train gets away. It, who was that? Was that just like a random scroll? The old lady, or was that Tala. that was Talos? Yeah. When he like just decides to like impersonate the other guy on the train, and he like sees himself. Oh yeah, that. Was I'm like funny. that guy's gonna have like fucking trauma about this for years. No one's ever gonna believe him. They need the Men in Black to come in and do the memory thing. They absolutely do. That didn't have. We just watched that trilogy too. There were no train fights. Missed opportunity. We haven't watched the international one. That's true. There could be a train fight there. Um, I just have like a lot of repeat notes about how great Ben Mendelsohn and Talos are. <laughs> to be honest with you. Well, you were about to say something about Shield. Oh yeah. Well, I thought it was cool that like I, I said we go into the international of Shield. We don't really, but we do meet the new character Keller, who is played by Ben Mendelsohn. Um. Most of the time, like, that we know S.H.I.E.L.D. in the movies or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. even, like, Nick Fury is the boss. Right. It's weird for him to be, like, my boss. Right. And, like, every now and then. And not, then, like, the council. Yeah. And um, every now and then, like, in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, yeah, like, later on the council, like, someone will pop up who's, like, in a position of authority. It usually goes poorly. Um, but, yeah, I just thought it was cool. Um, S.H.I.E.L.D. was presumably a very different thing back in the 90s uh, before superheroes were really all the rage <laughs> and I can't imagine they were like doing a whole lot of interesting stuff <laughs> mostly just going around asking people stuff and not really finding anything just a lot of uh, dead ends leads wise I feel like that's not true though because like Captain America happened mm. already mm-hmm. and I know like he's that may have been its own thing, but there's been, like, these super serums, like, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s been up to some shady shit from the beginning. That's true. And, yeah, like, the, like, Agent Carter days and stuff, that's all S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Yeah. Well, no. And, Agent Carter And Tony's was, dad. It was, it was Howard. Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, that, yeah, she did help create S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, and Hank Pym and, yeah. and all that. Yeah. That's just, like, kind of a blank... Like we we have there's we know some what untapped happened. potential there, right? But like, I would love to get some more prequel action. That would be cool. I just don't really see them taking the time to do it because they want to move these, things. Forward. I mean, if they're gonna do TV shows, that would be great. I mean, I guess they tried to do that and it didn't go that well. But maybe a Disney Plus series. Yeah, yeah, I would I would take that. Um, 
yeah, so we we end up at this uh, this Project Pegasus place out in a I don't know where it is somewhere in the desert. Sorry, you're say. ahead of me a bit. Oh yeah, what you got? Um, so many teases with the eye, the series so eye, many. and like the first one of the ones is this car accident. Yeah, I thought that was funny. How do we feel about the actual end result? I like I waffle on whether I like it or not that they had it be from the flurkin. I like that it was from the flurkin because that was teased the whole movie that that was like a dangerous animal. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. And I liked that it wasn't in battle. Actually, yeah. I think I do prefer it to be funny. Yeah. And him just letting people make up stories about it. That's true. The only I guess the only thing that I don't like is like, he has that cool line where he's like last time I trusted somebody I lost an eye. And I'm like, that's just, you're just fucking lying. That's not even like a but good that's, lie. It's that's just, Fury's whole thing. He's a liar. Yeah. I No, like I know like in universe it works, and but like, I don't know. I, I, I like he it. He did that whole thing like with it. Coulson. He's like, he had these on him. Yeah. And they're blood spattered. He's, he's a sneaky motherfucker. Well, and that this was my other note about Fury, like, when she's, and this is like getting to where you are. I think they're like in the car together and he's asking her how to know, or they're at the bar and, mm-hmm. and he's like, how do you know if it's a scroll? Um, and then he gives it, we get this like tiny little bit of insight of Fury with um, his spy stuff when he said like, well, I was a you know spy for this many years and now I'm here, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I know there's a movie called. <laughs> yeah, with Nick- a fucking. David Hasselhoff, I think, playing Nick Fury. Really? Yeah. Yikes. He um, wasn't always... Nick Fury was not presented as black in the comics until Samuel L. Jackson started playing yeah, Nick Fury. Yeah, I think Fury. we talked about this. Um, or maybe a little bit before that. But it was like... I think it was in the 2000s. Like maybe like the Ultimate series or... I don't know. But I don't even know if that movie does that, but... Again, would definitely take a prequel of Nick Fury being a spy, like tie that in with the agents. Yeah, it'd you know, be really cool. I would, uh, I would be mad about one. that. I would like them to do Agents of Shield, but like a prequel, like properly, yeah. not just like with a bunch of randos. But like, oh, they I love call, those randos. They could call it Agents of Shield because oh, they're the real agents Jesus of Shield. Jesus Christ! You, 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 you risk would people be that corner furious? of the internet would be inconsolable for the rest of their lives because it would be it would supersede any other. They don't want to hear shit. that shit. It's, All right, well, it's pretty wild. Call it a season seven. <laughs> there actually was a season seven. Okay, I, I, I guessed. I couldn't remember. It's a, it a good guess, though. Um, sorry, I'm I'm almost there, darling. Uh, it, talking about the flurkin, oh, I guess that is on the base. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Is Goose a Top Gun ref? Goose is definitely a Top Gun ref. Love it. Which, at I the time that. that we saw this, we hadn't seen Top Gun, so I don't think we got that. What? When we first saw Captain Marvel, we hadn't seen Top Gun yet. I think I had. I'm not convinced, because I remember when we went to the Outer Banks in 2020 with my family, we watched Top Gun. And we did not want to watch it because we had just watched it oh, like two months in advance. I think that was a, a early COVID movie for us. Like, yeah, fuck it, maybe let's just right. watch whatever. We got the time. Maybe you're right. Okay, sorry. Now, please continue um, with uh, Pegasus. Uh, yeah, so Project Pegasus, which is the same place where the Tesseract winds up 
in the beginning of Avengers and the whole thing gets blown up, which I think is Oh, is that where they are? Yeah. Fun little Easter egg. Um, I'm guessing that maybe there's a, yeah, it's gotta be like a deeper comics lore thing, but it was a fun little tie together, even though it doesn't really mean anything. I just thought it was cool. And this is where we, uh, we start to get some more understanding of who Carol really is and why we see, um, Annette Benning as the Supreme Intelligence. Yeah, I like that little tease early on. Yeah, me too. And she's great, Annette Benning. Yeah, I thought, like, we don't really get, like, a ton from Dr. Lawson. Yeah, we don't get her in real time, obviously. But, like, I think just, like, the way that she's played, like, she just seems Even so... her as the Supreme Intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the real Lawson just seems, like, so, like, chill. Like, which is why she's like, yeah, I'm not fucking around with this. Like, I don't want to fight the scrolls. I just want to, like... End wars. I just want to help. Just peace, baby. Um, I really like how quickly Nick catches on to everything, like with the scrolls and like with her, like he's just like on board immediately. And it just like is a good way of showing why he was like meant to do what he does, because he's not like I mean, he's like phased by it, but like only at the beginning. Yeah, I think it would have been like really easy and tempting to do like a little dramatic thing where he's like, never mind, like. Like, this is, like, too much. Like, I don't believe you. And she has to, like, do her thing before he, like, has his come-to-Jesus moment. And is like, oh, shit, like, this is all real. But nah, he's just, like, on board. He's a he's a true believer. He's a skeptic, but he's a true believer. Like, he's he's ready to go. I if, mean, he is also, like, seeing it. Right. For himself. Like, actually, yeah. yeah. He, can't, he can't not <laughs> recognize it. Um, Yeah, so, like, yeah, figuring out that, like, Keller is actually a scroll and... They get away in their jet, which fortunately uh, Carol knows how to fly well enough, even though it's, it's a weird looking jet. 90 shield technology, you know. And that's where that's where the cat is, I think. It's like wandering around there because it was like on the ship. Yeah. Because it was it was Lawson's. Um, and I, I do enjoy I do enjoy Goose. Uh, just, you know, having a having a cat wandering around is just fun. And also Seeing um, Talos's reaction to be like, "What is that? Like, how did they get in here?" Um, is freaking out about what is apparently like just like a normal looking tabby cat. I was like, maybe he's just really allergic to cats. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I love that. That's not a cat line. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, and also like jumping forward a little bit, just so I don't forget, like when Fury does get scratched, and he's like, "I'll be fine. It's just a scratch," and it just like hands to Talos just like he's just he doesn't say anything he's just like shaking his head that's why I do like it ultimately I think um there's this whole like running bit (laughs) in this movie I guess it's a theme I can't read what that word says but it's like goes against something it keeps us human goes against our no like so, well, it's like saying like it's what makes us human like yeah oh goes against the rules oh yeah 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 um keeps us human i'm just like it feels so forced to say that human line yeah cuz it's like oh we're like dealing with aliens and the kree are like not human and uh, could have lost that one <laughs> or at least like figure out a more subtle way to be like that's what makes us us not like 
We are humans. But it's also like coming from Fury. And I feel like that's just not who he is to no. be like, it's what makes, like, he doesn't think humans are necessarily better. Although he kind of does have that rhetoric. Like, he's very proud of Earth, I yeah. guess. So yeah. I don't know. I just, it felt forced in this movie. I didn't really notice that, but that's a good point. They, they bring it back too, because she's like, I'm only human. <laughs> and it's so dumb. When she has her big moment, I'm like, oh, boy. Don't need that one. (laughs) Uh, Well, Maria's house is really nice. Yeah. Um, It's a little farmhouse. It feels like the same set as Hawkeye's family. I was going to say Falcon's house because they're both in Louisiana. Oh, okay. Down in the the deep south. Um, Maybe they'll they'll connect uh, (laughs) uh, Sam and... His family to Monica. Monica. <laughs> That'd be funny. I do want to see Santa's family come back. I, I liked his sister as a I character. think Bucky wants him to come back, too. Oh, definitely. <laughs> the White Wolf might be living in New Orleans right now. We don't know. <laughs> um, but this scene was also really great because they set it up with, like, all this dramatic tension about, like, Talos and, like, they have, like, Monica, like, outside with one of the other. Which yeah, is, like, super. That creepy. is, like, inherently creepy. Um, but it's like so quickly not resolved. Just like the tension is deflated by like Talos's attitude. He's just like drinking a soda and the and, outfit, this movie and the, outfit, the outfit and like everyone's like trying to threaten him and he like doesn't understand. <laughs> like I'll put my foot where the sun don't shine. He's oh like, yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> and it's just like, Oh, like this dude is like, like is a threat. Like has been like, like made he's out to very be he's scary. competent, yeah. but also like like this is our guy, and I do think that I had that reaction in the theater. I was like, oh, like this is like if it wasn't clear enough already that Jude Law was the real villain because he plays himself like a villain from the first yeah. scene of the movie, which you know maybe we could have toned down his like dickheadedness yeah, to more make of it a... slightly more surprising when he has his heel turn. But yeah, as soon as Tyler starts talking, and he's just like, "Hey, like he's a chill guy." His, yeah, like his Ben Mendelsohn like, kind of has like a lisp, like a little bit. Not really, but like, yeah, it's just part of his his way of speaking. It's it just it disarms you. Um, I also like. Um, I feel like I was gonna say something when you said like in the m- movies, he does, or when you first saw it, you're like is this like a threatening guy or not? Cause he's so casual. Cause sometimes like you see really scary villains do that whole like casual. I'm a, I'm a relatable guy. Well, not bit. even that. Just like they break into your house. They're like, Hey, like what's going on? Like make yourself a drink. Like, like everything's a, fine. Like a Lalo Salamanca type. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a great example from better call Saul. But like, that's also really scary, but like he was disarming in like a not scary way. Mm-hmm. Because we've also never actually seen him do anything that we're, like, scared of. It's just been, like, we're, we've been told that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it was just I was very pleasantly thrown off. And I think that's that was such a great move for this movie. It made it. Also, we get that little line at the morgue, which the, the morgue guy is one of my favorite actors that pops up in a bunch of yeah, stuff. He's, he's like, a new girl. Um, we get him saying, like, that thing to the the guy that died, which is like, I think immediately then you know that we can trust him is in that moment. Yeah. 
Although, I mean, that could also be construed as starting. He's like, we'll finish what you started. Yeah, um, but like, if it's a real villain, you're not going to spend time on that, I feel like. Yeah, you're like... Or you're going to show him more angry. Yeah, you're like kind of making him... Um, you can empathize with him. Yeah. Like, he he wasn't, like, revengeful after right, that. Right, Is Carol supposed to be special? Is that, like, why she was able to absorb those powers? Or is she, it's just, like, random? I like, think it's just same random. way, like, Captain America is, yeah. like, the person. That's my interpretation. Is she was just, like, a normal pilot. And if it hadn't been her that had, like, linked up with Lawson and been in that situation, the same thing would have happened to anybody else. It was just, like, the way that... The way that she, like, broke... Or damage the Tesseract in that environment. Like, yeah, I think that was the key. Not, I don't think she was, like, born with, like, a... I mean, she might have been in the same way that, like, Ms. Marvel was, like, susceptible to becoming power, like, right. having powers. Like, right. she might have a genetic thing, but, yeah. like... I kind of prefer it not. Like, I think that's, like, the whole draw of, like, a lot of superheroes, which is why, you know, I had that whole problem with... Which is not really true, but, like, the way that they did it in the um, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, like, all that stuff, where it's, like, your DNA is, like, a match with this, which is, like, why you got the powers and other people yeah. didn't. And I'm, like, that's dumb. No, the whole thing is it's, like, a random person who gets these powers thrust upon them. Anyone. It could be anyone. Right. And then Carol gets that, uh, but, like, on a way more severe scale because she gets those powers thrust upon her and then, like, doesn't even remember the circumstances that led her there in the first place. I just think like the way that they told the story was really cool. We get like the, the flashback finally of like what happened when she got her powers, which is, you know, we get like a, a cool dog fight. I love a dog fight too. There was one of those in green lantern moves is okay. Oh, you mean the airplanes? Yeah. Um, the bogey. I was like, you know, it's no, did I say this in Green Lantern or this? I don't know. I was like, it's no, it's no Top Gun, but it's fun. I think I said that in you Green said Lantern. It in, yeah. I or won, we both I have did. one line about jet fight scenes. <laughs> I mean, no one can do it. Like, well, Top Gun Maverick specifically, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, really cool. And I also thought it was like, it was just neat that um, it was the, the Tesseract powering it. I just thought like yeah, the way that they. Really good connection there. Exactly. Just, like, the, the more you can, like, tie things back into, like, the Infinity Stones just, like, being this presence that is now responsible right. for the creation it, of, uh, well, you know, they didn't, it's so closely associated with two superheroes already, like, on Earth. It's, yeah, it's just really cool. Well, now everyone's, like, very in tune to it. Like, that's uh, watching in real like, oh, time. They're like, that's it. That's the one. Destroy it. <laughs> But I did forget that it was part of the Tesseract, to be honest. Yeah. Or that that was the power source. Because I think I, I feel like we had like a debate slash conversation about it when we like left seeing this movie originally about like how the Tesseract ended up with Lawson. Well, I think. Because it's. In, hmm? Sorry, I was just going to say, I remember being like, where did it from Captain America? Like what happened? How did they find it? Right. Because they just, like, they never really say that someone just, like, fished it out of the ocean. They do. They do say it. Oh, okay. They did find it. Yeah. I think, I, I don't remember exactly when, but they do talk about, like, finding it. Oh, well, it's at the end of Captain America, right? It's, like, yeah. how Stark, like, finds it in the water. Yeah. 
And that explains everything, of course. Right. It ends up in Shield's hands and then gets passed around of people that and try to work like on it. And she's like kind of in Shield, I guess. I think she is. In, through Pegasus. I think she is Shield, yeah. Otherwise, I doubt they would have let her get anywhere near it. Like that, yeah. The, it's at an Air Force base, but I think they're using it as like a secret kind of. They're operating out of it silently. What do you think of her suit? Of Carol's suit. Because I know you have a lot of feelings on people's practicality of their suits in movies. And I think hers is great. Oh, yeah. No, I really. She's actually wearing one. Yes. (laughs) I really, I really do like this one. Because, like, yeah, in. It's very practical. In the movie and, like, if you look at, like, behind the scenes pictures, like, they're they're actually wearing these suits. Um, It's not, like, like, I feel like the the worst. Yeah, I I talk about this a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, the worst offenders for, like, the CGI painted on suits are, like, Spider-Man and the newer Iron Man suits because, like... Ant-Man a little bit. Ant-Man too. But also, like, the, yeah, of course, like, the more that goes on, like, the first Ant-Man suit was... That looked a lot more practical. Um, but, yeah, this one's good because it looks believably, like, futuristic, despite not being futuristic, but not, like, ridiculous. It's not... It's not like skin tight because that only looks good in like hand drawn illustrations and right. animation. You can't do that kind of suit in live action, which is why like every also time... it's like overly sexualized because it's a woman. Exactly. Yeah. So we're not doing that. We don't have like any like gratuitous like cleavage, you know. Um, no, it's it's really good. And I thought, yeah, they do it well with um elizabeth olsen the skin tight suit yes but she's supposed to be like kind of a little bit more evil looking right but also for that like when i say skin tight suit i'm thinking of like the comic ones where it's like literally just like one fabric right like like a onesie so like every time they try to (laughs) yeah exactly and when you try to approximate that you have to like layer you have to put textures on like they did it for daredevil like the original daredevil in the comics just like a red suit like one piece, like maybe some gloves, but it's like, no, you got to like put some armor on or just like texture here and there, which they did for every Scarlet Witch yeah. costume has had that. Cause and it's not like so skin tight. I just mean like hers is a little bit more. Yeah. Of that like look. you can do it, but like this makes sense for Captain Marvel and like her background, both like Cree and earth military. Um, I love when she goes full, full body fire. And I think it looks good. Full power, glowy Carol. That's what I call it. Yeah, it does. I think there's like some term for it in the comics, maybe like binary or something. That's what they call it when she goes into that mode. But yeah, sure. Full power, one hundred percent. My notes kind of slip towards the end here. I don't have a ton, um, but one of mine that I had, which reminds me also of, I forget which movie it was where I had a similar complaint. Uh, it may have been Black Adam. Um, I don't love like the needle drops, the music here, because a lot of the choices that they had, it felt like, oh, we're in the nineties. So we're going to pick like very surface level, like, oh, we got a Nirvana song. Oh, we're going to play we have like, a woman's um, power. Just, song. yeah. Just a girl by no doubt. That one. I was like, this is so on the nose. I'm like, I get it. And it like works for the fight scene, but like, come on. Well, I was like, they should have just had a soundtrack throughout more. Exactly. Like, should have just used the music the whole time, not just for, like, this big fight scene. Which Black Adam did the same thing. Yeah. It was like, we want to have... I mean, that was... I would put the, the Just a Girl in this and 
Paint That's it black. not quite as bad. Paint it black was It was worse. way worse. Okay, Paint it black was way worse. But yeah, they did the same thing, which is like most of the time you have the score, which is not really anything to... It's not I don't even know I could know that they had one. And then you have when you want... It's so like manipulative to be like, oh, we got like... The hype is up. We're going to play like a song, but like it's not earned. It they feels out yeah. of, it feels very out of, I mean, they field. have the whole like karaoke thing as like a through line for her memory, yeah. but like, but like barely they could have done so much more. Like they're in the car a lot. They could have had the radio on more. Yeah, I would have preferred it just like, yeah, have more like background stuff, make it feel a bit more organic. You know or, what I would have loved to see is her and Samuel L. Jackson singing a song together in the car and her being like, I don't know how I know the words to this. Wouldn't that have been so God fun? God damn it. Yeah. Why weren't you why weren't you brought in? Why wasn't I consulted? Why weren't you consulted? <laughs> that would have been really good. Yeah, I just I was like, it's not it's really hard to do moments like that when you're not like personalizing it to your movie or like making it part of its identity. It it gets like, you know, Suicide Squad did it, yeah, Black Adam did it. You're walking a fine line. Yeah. Um, I know I mentioned Men in Black earlier, but I do feel like the cat is from that universe. It's from the Men in Black universe. Absolutely. <laughs> that is 100% a Men in Black character, and there would just be, like, inexplicably a bunch of them, <laughs> like, laying around somewhere. Uh, love that. Love the Flurkin. Big fan. I want... I want Goose the Florkin and uh, Cosmo, the dog from Guardians of the Galaxy, to hang out. Um, yeah, I mean, the rest of the plot of them, like, getting off the satellite planet, like, we get some more scroll, sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. Hollis gets shot. We're a little worried. Yeah, he's okay. But I was genuinely concerned that they were going to kill him in front of his family. I was like, that's sad. They do a fake out with the lunchbox and the Tesseract. Yeah, that was pretty slick. Cat takes care of the Tesseract. Cat eats the Tesseract. Cat also eats several scroll. But I like when... Spits those back out, though. Yeah. But I I like when Goose just, like, switches sides, allegedly. And Fury's like, are you serious right now? Oh, yeah. Like, that's a very cat thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Just be like, why? (laughs) You're, You're not making any sense, damn it. And so, like, the whole time Carol's, like, fighting the Kree, and she's, like, clearly overpowering them, which I like. Of course. Um, And then my favorite thing that they do in this movie, and I can't remember if you liked this or didn't like it, but she doesn't do another big fight with Jude Law when they land on Earth. I love that. She's just like, fuck you, I'm so powerful. And it's so good. I'm like, we didn't need another big fight. No, because, like, yeah, he does, like, the whole thing where it's like, all right, now's your chance to prove yourself and don't use your powers. Just fight me. And she's like, no. And just like could have killed him instead. Just like sends him back to hollow, like limping. It's like the opposite of, um, what's his name in captain America. It's like you put down the shield and I'll put down the gun or whatever. Yeah. Captain America's like, all right, let's go. Yeah. If you want to, if you're a movie, like if you want to do that, you can do it. But but it's been so for, overdone by this point. It is. It's a trope. In Captain America, they did that at the beginning of the Winter Soldier. Like, and it wasn't with, like, the main villain. It wasn't when there was, like, a lot at stake. Also, it it's very like, Captain America to be like, right, I'm like, so righteous. Okay, like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, of course. You're going to challenge me and I'm going to kick your ass. But, like, again, like, that wasn't, like, the climactic scene where it would be, like, 
you'd have half the audience being like, oh, why do you put the fucking shield down, idiot? Just, like, kick his ass. Like, don't fall for it. Don't take the bait. And, like, in John Wick, they have the moment where it's like, all right, like, no guns. Let's just, like, fight to the death. And it's like, okay. Yeah. And it works because it's John Wick. But this was very much, like, Yon-Rog and the Kree are, like, slaves of their own, like, old traditions. Making, it's yeah. stupid, and it's not worth giving any credence to, so she doesn't. Credence to? Is that what you said? I did. Cree? Oh. Wow, I was, oh I, my God. I thought you were doing, like, a Credence Clearwater revival, and I was like, no. That would have been great to include some music. Um, I'm, like, just jumping to the last note I have. Why do they have to keep reminding us of Infinity War? <laughs> <laughs> because they know why everyone is going to see the Marvel movie Not that me. comes out between Infinity War and Endgame. I would have seen it anyway. Well, yes, me too. Gotta see the girls, the gals. Girls. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, they can't let people forget. <laughs> and uh, I did think, like, the, uh, you know, Fury's... Fury clearly doesn't have, like, a marketing mindset because the protector initiative, even, like, if he hadn't found this sudden inspiration to call it the Avengers, we got, you know, what's the S.H.I.E.L.D. marketing department doing? Because they're not, they're not helping. I mean, they're called S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, that pretty much brings us to the end here. I feel like we didn't do as much, like, plot by plot with this movie. We just more talked about our notes, actually. <laughs> I think that's okay. I think, sometimes I think the, the plot by plot might be a little redundant. Go rewatch it. It's a great watch, y'all. Yeah, definitely check it out. Especially, like, if you're not going to do it now, uh, you owe it to yourself to watch it before the Marvels yeah, comes out later this year. For sure. Um, yeah, and of course, like, I just want to mention, like, we already talked about the, the, the mid-credit scene, but, like... I seem to remember, like, our theater, like, getting pretty loud when this happened. Because, one, they play, like, the little, like, ominous theme from Infinity War. And everybody's just standing around looking sad. They're so sad. Which is in line with the beginning of Endgame. It's just so, like, sad. And desperate. Yeah, and it's it's just cool to, like, see that that payoff, like, happen there. Because I think, I mean, I wanted, like, a good post credit scene leading into Endgame. But I was also like, well... I mean, they could just, like, wait to, like, give us this moment until, like, Endgame actually starts, which they could have, but, like, what a way to get people. No, like, it was good, but There's, like, did. a, I think there was only, like, a two-month gap between this movie coming out and Endgame, so. But it was the same thing with, like, Ant-Man, where I'm like, oh, I'm enjoying this movie, I'm forgetting about the woes of Infinity War, and then it's like, no, don't forget, everyone's sad and everyone died. <laughs> That's the, uh... Well, actually, that's if you reverse those, those could be the subtitles. Avengers, everybody dies, and then <laughs> Endgame is everyone sad. Yeah. And it doesn't, like, I, I know we're, like, hopeful that she's there, but it's also kind of like, what is she going to do at this point? Everyone's gone. Right, like, it's, like it's, it's too late. Yeah. Where were you, you know, two months ago, two weeks ago or whatever? And they do ask that question in Endgame, so. All right, well. Very I excited to. only rewatched Endgame. A couple once. once, yeah. Seen it twice total. I, I think, think so. For me. Maybe no, I only saw Endgame in theaters once, so. So it is a little fuzzy, like how everything plays out, actually. For yeah. me. Like I know, like the outline of it. But I'm very excited to watch it, but it'll be in like a month for us, over a month. 
Yeah, yeah, a little bit. A little bit in advance. Um, Taking a little break. It, it should be a good episode. But it's also, going to celebrate our two years of doing this podcast when Endgame comes out. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? And it's it's going to be like a great one-two punch, both for us and, and for anyone listening, hopefully. Um, we've got a couple things coming between now and then, but you know, uh, later in February, this month when this is coming out, um, we're going to go see Ant-Man of the Wasp Quantumania. So we're going to be watching like, the beginning of the end kind of of this new threat in the MCU getting, getting Kang set up. And then the next week we're going to be we're seeing, watching like the Thor Ragnarok. Exactly. This phase. And then we're going to be going back and revisiting, uh, the one of, in my opinion, like the most well pulled off grand finales in movie or TV show history. Whoa. Big words from big G. Yeah. I'll stand by it too. Well, with that, we We are are out of the the Superverse. superverse.